turns watch each other's kids, love it on one another, and, and uh, you'll probably plan your arrival accordingly. So if I come just a little late, I'll get to pray and not watch the kids. Oh, you don't think like that, do you? That's good. If I come early, I can watch the kids. Bring your kids. Teach them to pray. Amen. And Saturday night celebrations are coming back next weekend, this coming weekend. So we'll have our our first Saturday night again. Um, We're going to see what the Lord does. Okay? Um, You can spread the word in your cell groups, in your lighthouses, around town, wherever you want. Invite people to come Saturday night. I know some of you who have got those assignments where you need to work on Sunday. Uh, this is a good opportunity for you. We've got some that are sitting out right now because we haven't been doing Saturday night. They got kind of used to that. Their schedule blocks them from Sunday. So we're going to reopen that and uh, see if God just doesn't bless us and grow it. Is that all right? Okay, so spread the word. Do I sound a little hoarse, froggy? I am. Just might as well admit it. I can even hear it. The boy's tired. Somebody help the boy. Depending on him this morning, amen? I am, I am on a journey of faith that is exciting and wearing. You know, when you, you say you want to live by faith and walk by faith and be with God in faith, there are times when he wakes you up early and says, let's go for a walk. And I'm saying, God, I like this prone position, really. Could we, could we talk laying down? He says, no, you fall asleep a lot. And so, um, you know, up early, and some of you who are uh, more used to this than I am, I commend you. Uh, pray for me that I'll be up with, with you. And uh, call me and see if I'm there. You can be partners. But the journey of faith is something that I am amazed by. And learning, now I've been a Christian since 1970. That's a long time. But I feel like I'm just beginning to learn about faith this week. Now, I don't know if that means I'm immature or I should have grown up a long time ago or if God is just so infinitely vast that no matter how far in you get to Him, as soon as you get right where you think you got Him, he opens up a whole nother realm and says, you're just getting started, boy. Are you with me? Yeah? It's like that for you too, right? I mean, we have great joy on this race uh, of perseverance. We you know, run the race with perseverance that's set out in front of you. I've always had this vision of the race where, you know, you're looking, you're running the race by faith. And you're looking at Jesus, the author and finisher of faith, Hebrews uh, chapter 12. And you look up and you go, there's the tape. You know, and you're like Ryan Hall. You start stretching out and pushing. You get your chest out and just about there. He moves the tape. <laughs> and you go, hey. It looks like it's another couple of miles out and you got to keep running. This morning we want to talk about activated faith or faith activated. And anybody belong to AAA? So you get your little Westways magazine. Um, teen driver, let's see, what's it called officially here? Teen Driver Safety Week. 
Yeah, him? Is he getting his license? Are you getting a license, bro? Oh, you're hoping. <laughs> He's like, riding on his brother. That's great. Teen driver safety. It just ended. So we're not safe anymore, but... <laughs> Evidently, it only lasts for a week. Um, teen driver safety week. And uh, if you're a parent preparing your child to drive, you know, the Auto Club's here to help you. And all through this particular... Uh, magazine there are things like this this ad here when they ask for the car give them more than just the keys you know responsibility safety knowledge um, helping us here um, here's one this is nice isn't it are you ready <laughs> have you ever taught your teen to drive have you had somebody else do it <laughs> after you started yeah I remember there was I think it was our family, I don't know, I don't think it was you, but it's probably Janina. I asked my brother to do it. <laughs> Could you do this? I am not doing well here. <laughs> uh, we're having a communication problem, or she's just scaring the fire out of me or something, but please help me. And he was all more happy to help. You know, he lives right next door, so it's pretty handy. But are you ready? Parental involvement is the key to teen driver safety. Now, I would imagine right about now, even somebody listening to this online would say, what are we talking about here this morning? Is this the message, Westways? We're preaching from the AAA magazine this morning. <laughs> we, most churches use the Bible. We use AAA. Uh, no, I was just thinking that today I want to attempt to discuss a facet of faith that is kind of similar to this teen driving illustration for me. It's that Driving can be learned, right? Most of you have done it. It can be learned. You can get better at it. Well, so can faith. Faith can be learned. You can get better at it. And, But it is has some inherent dangers as well. Uh, I was thinking, I wrote this down, 1 Timothy 1, 18 and 19. Let me just read it to you. It says, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience. Now here's the other part. Which some, having rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck. So this, this tells me, Paul's writing to Timothy, that there's an inherent danger to learning faith. Because if, if you don't do it right, or if you don't do it in a good conscience, or if you don't have faith in the right place... You can suffer shipwreck. How many of you have known someone who used to walk in the faith and does not any longer? And some of them, if we could interview them, we would find out they're just discouraged. You know, they believed God for something that didn't happen. They were, in their mind, in their heart, they were trusting for something to occur. Or perhaps they'd been given a a glimpse of how faith works in uh, faith in God is expressed. And they ran off kind of half-cocked like the teen driver. By the way, I think the statistics in here tell us that the highest fatality rates are in the 16 and 17-year-old driver range. Why is that? Well, because they're young. <laughs> it's kind of simple. Uh, they're inexperienced. They're, they're excited and the whole world belongs to them. And they're sitting in a 4,000-pound vehicle. That's a weapon. Right? If you run over somebody, the one's called manslaughter, right? 
you hurt people with these things, these cars. And so with inexperience, you can hurt yourself and you can hurt others. And I believe that in faith, the same kind of thing can happen for us. That if we just kind of get excited about faith, and we read a few verses on faith, and then we run off and begin to just declare things in faith, that we're in for some disappointment in our teen years in faith. So I don't want anybody to suffer shipwreck, nor would I like to broach a facet or a subject of faith or an area of faith that would say this is the whole ball of wax in one morning, just that's all you'll ever need about faith, just go on and practice this and you'll be perfect. I would not indicate that any more than I would say that to my teen after stepping out of the car on the first drive. And so faith is something that can be learned. Some of the things I touch on this morning, although it may not be deep, I think some might even approach and say, that, that sounds like heresy. So you're going to need to discover this and study it yourself as well. I'm excited to be on this journey because I want my faith reactivated. I want to begin to turn the world upside down in my own life with God active in my life. And I want to begin to see him take charge of every aspect of my home and life. That be okay for you? Anything you might desire? We're going to continue growing in our experience because we're going to walk with the one who is faithful. Talking about faith, we want to be with the one who is faithful. Hebrews chapter 11. That's where we left off last week. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the the world's were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. That's a tough passage, don't you think? Let's try, by faith we understand that the worlds, and some, your Bible may say the ages or the eons, were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen... We're not made of things which are visible. The things that we see that were created by God, He framed by His very words out of nothing. God is cool. Genesis chapter 1. Let me go back and read the whole thing again. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, there's some uh, skepticism in the world about that statement, don't you think? Uh, We're up against a lot of people who think about science and what have you, and they they don't want to accept that statement. They want to substitute their scientific perspective. And um, I just, I'm simple enough to take it like the T-shirt. I've said it before the kids wear. Uh, On the front it says, I believe in the Big Bang Theory. You know, and on the back it says, God spoke, and bang, there it was. That's kind of simple theology, but I like it. I just want to agree with what God says. 
And his word tells us that in the beginning he created the heavens and the earth. And over here in Hebrews we read that we understand that God framed the ages. He framed the world by his very words. Now let's, let's look at it. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. We can't rush past that. <clears throat> I would call that incubation. If you ever had a premature baby or if you ever raised chickens or something like that, you know what an incubator is. Something you put it in to finish cooking. Right? Even babies. They're not quite done, you put them in the incubator. Probably a little more serious than that, but I think ours had a trip there or something, but it's for different purposes. But the, here's this vast void, but the Spirit of God is incubating. The Spirit of God is hovering. Spirit of God is brooding different facets of the same word, milling around until. So you've got nothingness and you have the Holy Spirit and then the Father starts speaking. Now, you you might be able to see this, but I have a list here and it continues on this page, very simply for myself. And all it says down as we read these verses, you're going to see this. Verse 3, God said. Verse 4, God saw. Verse 5, God called. Day 1, complete. Verse 6, God said. Verse 7, God made by saying. Verse 8, God called. Day 2, complete. Verse 9, God said. Verse 10, God called. Verse 10, God saw. Verse 11, God said. Verse 12, God saw. Day 3, complete. I'm leaving out a lot of detail here. But as you're looking through, even in the English, and I did the hard work of looking in the Hebrew, which I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but I can figure it out. You know what it says? It says God said. God saw. God called. And he finished his day. Let's read a little bit of it. Verse 3. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. God said, And then it was there. Therefore God saw it. After, I mean, God saw it before it was there, don't you think? He knew what he said was going to happen. But he was able to visually see it, evidently. God saw it. And in some of the other verses, we say, and he thought it was good. He approved of it. And therefore, he named it. He gave it a name. He called it by name. This word Hebrew in the Hebrew called means that he addressed. It's even you can use it by when you talk to people, say, I... I call, I call you Keith. I address you by name. I call you Karen. I call you Linton. Because when we meet each other, we address one another by what we're called and who we are, our identity. So God speaks, then he sees it, and then he calls it what it is. He does this over and over. Verse 6, Then God said, 
Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. Let it divide the waters from the waters. God made, thus God made. Thus. you got to get that word in there. Thus in this King James Version. Or by saying. Thus he made something. That's how it was made. By speech. By his word. Hebrews 11.3 We know that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Now, it has to be a spoken word that God is saying because there's no written word yet. So you can't equate that verse and say, oh, by the word of God, and hold up your Bible. That didn't exist. It's talking about what God spoke. Thus God made the firmament, divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called, dressed by name, the firmament heaven. So evening and morning were the second day. And God said, here's the said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place. Let the dry land appear, and it was so. I like that. God said, and it was so. Now this, I know this sounds fundamental, and perhaps it is, to a degree. But I believe that if God will give us a revelation of what he did, and show us how it works with us, that our futures are in for transformation. I'm not just trying to bore you with a history lesson this morning. I'm believing that God wants to put his people in charge by faith in him of their destinies. doesn't mean you get to pick it out and you get to make it happen. It means that you get to cooperate with God all along the way by faith in him, in speaking alongside of what God speaks, and then seeing it. Remember we said last week the phrase that people say, I think it was in the, in the notes last week as well. When I see it, I'll believe it. And we know that in faith, that's backwards. We believe it, then we see it. Even children's stories like to write it that way for the kids. huh? No, it's not like that. You have to believe first, then you see. It's true. We walk by faith in God, not by our sight. This can transform our lives. I'm amazed that I've been around this since 1970, and it's just like it's a fresh day. Going, ooh, this is getting exciting. And God called the dry land earth and gathered together, and the gathering together of the water he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, the fruit tree that yields fruit whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. God says, let it be, and it was so. See, what I believe is along the way, God's going to invite us to begin to say, let it be. And it will literally become so. Now, you see how that's like handing the keys to a teenage driver? Like, wow, I got it, and run out the door. No problem, Dad, I got it. Give me the keys, I got it. I heard everything you said. I understand it completely. I know, horsepower, uh, torque. I can do this. Give me the keys. And you go, okay, and you're, (coughs) (coughs) oh, no. And you open the door, and it's like, you know, the mailbox is under the car, and the neighbors are running out of their houses, and things perched over the curb, if you have one, and, or maybe it's a tree or something. And, and you think, wow, they made it all of like 10 feet. 
So to say to you and I this morning that God wants to invite us to begin to speak so that things happen, man, that lights my fire. Let's run out the door and get to speaking. But I think we could wreck a little bit. End of the third day, verse 13. Verse 14. Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens, divide the day from the night, signs and seasons for days and years, and let them be for lights in the firmament. Verse 15, it was so. God made two great lights, verse 16. Um, set them in the firmament, verse 17. God saw that it was good, so the evening and morning were the fourth day, verse 19. God said, Let the waters abound in abundance of living creatures, verse 20. So God created great sea creatures. Now, 20 and 21, then God said, Let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. He just speaks it. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves, with which the waters abounded according to their kind, and every winged bird according to its kind, and God saw it was good. He spoke it, and it was so. He said it, and there it was. God blessed them, said, be multiply, multiply, be fruitful. So the evening and the morning of the fifth day, verse 23. Verse 24, then God said, and it was so. Verse 25, God made. Further, verse 25, God saw that it was good. God said it was so. God made by saying thusly. This is how he did it. And then he saw it. Day five complete. We're into day six. And in then in verse 26, then God said, I like this change now. Hope you do too. Let's note it. Then God said, let who? Let us. Well, we know the Holy Spirit's been brooding over this process. and he's the, He to us is the dunamis, the dynamic life God who reveals Jesus to us. That's his task, to bring revelation and to show us Christ. And the Holy Spirit's there in creation. And God has been doing this looking like singularly up until this point as the writer says, and this is let us. Those who don't believe in the Trinity, I don't know what they do with these verses, but they do something with them. They must. They have to. They've got to deal with that. Let us. You know, God's not schizophrenic. He's not double-minded. He's not imaginary in that sense of making up another. It's, he's talking to us. The Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Let's, let's now make man. And this, let's let this creation of man be in our image. It's going to be different than everything else we've made. This one we're going to make like us. I'm looking at you because you're made in the image of God. We need revelation on this. I know when you look in the mirror, that's what you say every morning, right? You have to go, wow, you are in the image of God. That's how you greet yourself, huh? You go, I... And some of you just kind of cock your head and say, you know, I just don't think he could have done any better. I think you're it. I think you're the model that everybody's looking for of the image of God. You know, we really should be able to say those things because God says those things about us. 
See, if we don't say that, then we're kind of in disagreement with him. I've loved you with an everlasting love. God so loved the world, each one of us, that he gave his only son to take our place at the cross. He loves us intensely. He has his eye on us, right? It's a little sign. The kids used to wear that shirt too. You know, not to please be patient with me. God isn't finished yet. That's that's one. <clears throat> the other one, um, I think he used to wear that one, right? Jonathan too. This is harder to believe about Jonathan, but... I'm just kidding. I said, God loves me so much, he can't take his eyes off of me. I like that shirt. We all should have one of those shirts on when we get up in the morning. Look in the mirror and have it read backwards to us. So that we can see it and read it. God loves me so much, he can't take his eyes off of me. And the psalmist confirms that because he says, when I awake in the morning, you're still with me. What a relationship we're invited into. I, I'm visual, you know that, but that's how I, I've said it before. I, the idea of opening my eyes in the morning and having him right there, like inches from my nose, smiling. Morning. <gasps> Did you make the coffee? <clears throat> Good morning. I love you. been waiting here all night just for you to wake up so we could talk again. That's how much he loves us. Let's make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over basically everything we just got done creating. Verse 27, so God created man. God said, God created. They're equal. God speaks, things happen. Literally, things are created out of nothing. How can I apply this somewhere? How about this? I know that in the Psalms there's a passage that says God rebuked kings and nations for his elect's sake. He's talking about the children of Israel. And that he rebuked entire nations and pushed back enemies just for the sake of his people. Why? Do you think God quit doing that? It was only for them? How about this? I'm out of work. I need a job. Would God... Create something out of nothing so that I could have work? What do you think? See, now some of us would say, well, I think he could. But our question is, will he? And the man that came to Jesus and said, you can heal me if you want to. And what did Jesus say? Two words in the English. I will. And then he healed him. That, those little glimpses from Scripture, those interactions between Jesus, the Son of God, and humans like you and I, are very real applications of regular living, daily life, and real people in the face of Jesus. You can do it if you want to. I will. This is a declaration of the will of God, the heart of God, the design of God. You say, wow, can you get all that theology into two words? Yes. He wants to. And he will. Because the man said, you can if you want to. And Jesus said, I will. That means he wants to. Not only does he want to, he wills to, and he does it. God, you know me better than anybody. You know what I'm good at. You know what I'd excel at. And right now, I'm out of work. Now, you can create the perfect situation for me. I believe that. Will you do that? I will. Well, then, God, I'm going to start walking with you in faith. 
and believing with you to speak into my life where the perfect place is for me. Not geographically. What am I tuned for? What am I good at? Why should I waste a bunch of years doing stuff I'm not good at? This Boy, i got a story that's about an hour long, but I'm going to try and get it into a few minutes. Maybe I shouldn't, but I'll try. Man writes the paraphrase. Anybody have the Living Bible? The old, remember the old Living Letters? They were kind of developed after I got saved and they came out one book at a time for a long time. I'm talking about history lessons here for the young guys. But then they finally got them all done and, and they were compiled and there's this manuscript of the Bible and the history of that was that uh, the Living Bible was written by a guy who wanted his kids to understand the scriptures. And it was all King James. This and thou shalts and whatsoever's and whosoever's and whysoever's probably. But he wanted to rewrite it so his young people could read the Bible with him. And uh, he thought, this is great. Somebody said, you ought to have it published. So he went to a publisher and they said, this will never sell. And so he went to, he, he put the manuscript out. This is a long story. This takes years for this to happen. But the long story is this. He goes to 30, all 35 existing Christian publishing companies at the time. And, and he finally, I mean, he's praying, he's going, he's sending, he's getting rejections. And all this is happening. And he gets to, the, he gets down, he's at his bedroom. He's praying. He said, Lord, finally, after all these years, there's only one publisher left. And so, thank you for keeping me faithful to this point. I'm sending the manuscript to them. Sends it to them. Two weeks later, comes back rejected. Says it'll never sell. He goes back to his bedroom. He kneels down. He says, God, I don't get it. You told me to publish this. Nobody will publish it. What do you want? What more can I do? The Lord speaks to him. I want you to start a publishing company. (laughs) Tyndall House Publishers. Princes himself. (laughs) Becomes the best seller for years and years and years because somebody said it could never be done and nobody wants to buy it. Well, that's a journey of faith. That's staying faithful to what God said. Because he's going to create something out of nothing, even if it takes years to get you into where he wants you to be doing what you do best. Fun. Anybody not working right now? Anybody need a job? Father, I want to pray for these that are lifting their hands right now. I want to speak work to them in the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm not asking for jobs. Lord, you know what I think about jobs. It just stands for just over broke. But Father, I'm praying for work. You created us to be like you and to be creative, to make things, to produce things, to duplicate ourselves in those things that we put our hands and lives to. And Lord, I pray for work in the name of Jesus. I want to agree with you that you can make something out of nothing. That, Lord, you can create the perfect situation or at least the next situation that will begin to lead to that perfect environment and productivity that these who have raised their hand need to walk into. Lord, we need them active in the world and producing what you've called them to be and do.
May your grace lead them to it in Jesus' name. So God created man in his own image. Verse 28 says, then God blessed them. I don't know if you'll receive it just now. We had a little blessing. Some of us got to figure out seek and find. I understand that part too in work. Be seeking. God will find you. Amen. He'll lead you right to the right thing. He blessed them. Verse 28, and God said, verse 29, excuse me, God said, verse 31, God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Day six complete. With this simple repetitive outline, God said, God saw, God called it. God said, God made thusly by saying, and therefore he named it and called it by name. Day two complete. God said, God called, God saw, God said, God saw. Day three complete. God said, God made, God said, and then he saw it. Day four. God said, God created, God saw it. Day five complete. Now, this last one's kind of long because you got us involved. God said it was so. God made and then he saw it. God said, let us make. God created man. God blessed them. God said, God said, God saw. And day six was done. And we get to chapter two. And after all this saying and creating and making and seeing and calling, God had to take a rest. He chose to. On the seventh day, verse 2 of chapter 2, God ended his work which he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work. This is interesting to me now. Here's the turn we need to make. Verse 15, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. By the way, that's why, one of the reasons why I pray that God will give us work that makes us productive. I mean, it would have been nice if he'd have made paradise and said, you just got to sit around and eat bonbons or whatever. You don't have to do anything. It's just, you know, we're made to work. We're made to be creative. We're made in his image. So to sit around and do nothing is not what we're built for. I'm going to mix this in. You know, I hit the rumor mill about three times this week head to head. People said to me, hey, I heard a rumor. You're retiring. I said, well, no, I'm just getting tired. The first time. I don't want to be retired. No. no kidding. Two people, same day, just minutes apart. Different people. Hey, I heard you're retiring. I said, it's a rumor. I don't know who started it, but we should be able to track that down. But I'm not retiring. To retire, to me, has a different definition. It means that you just have, uh, you have the resources and the time to do whatever you want to do with your day, but to retire and sit back and relax and eat bonbons and fall asleep all day long and sit under the shade trees. I don't see that as retirement. I see that as craziness. In fact, the, I know that the uh, labor department has statistics on this stuff. Insurance companies have statistics on this, that if you retire with nothing due to do, the average lifespan is about 23 months. 
not built to sit down and do nothing. Somebody that retires with a new vision, new ambition, moves from one occupation to another setting in life and has new goals, even if it's fishing, okay, or crafting ladies or whatever. you got something you want to do, and you go do it. Then the average lifespan moves from 23 months to seven years. That's just statistics. So you pick. I'm not retiring. <laughs> no way. I love what I do. Some people think I'm okay at it. In verse 15, God took the man, put him in the garden to tend and keep it. And there's some other instructions. Verse 16 is important. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, okay, just get the word he commanded. In other words, he told him what to do. He's coaching him. He's training him. Could he train us similarly? I think maybe so. I'm speculating, but I think it's true. Because it's here. Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. And the Lord God said, It isn't good that a man should be alone. I'll make a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground of the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam. Adam, Adam means man, by the way. Mankind, Adam is a good word for all of mankind. We just call the first man Adam because he's the head of mankind to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. Uh, I know you can get lost in there. Let me bring it to this. God says, Adam, come here. I want to show you this garden. This is for you. I just want you to take care of it. That's what you're designed for. You're creative like me. Be creative. Tend and keep it. It's going to treat you well. Don't eat that one tree. Okay? But here's your first task. The things you see, I want you to begin to call them by name. I want you to go through a part of the process that I've been going through for the last six days. I said it was there, and then I named it. In fact, all these things, I called them into being. I spoke them into being. I created them, and here they are. But I want you to do the calling by name. Start acting like me. Start. And so what did Adam do? He said, well, how about giraffe? That's pretty cool. Hey, watch this, Father. Hippopotamus. Mosquito. You know, I mean, he begins the outflow of the creation that he is, and he begins to speak and call things by name. With the wisdom that he has from God, he's able to begin to declare all the names, and God doesn't change any of them. It says, So Adam gave names to all cattle, the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. Right? And in verse 19, excuse me, at the end, and whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. And I get a picture of the end of the day, you know, Adam kind of wiping his brow and going, phew, that was fun. That was fun, Father. What what are we going to do tomorrow? And they're kind of hanging out in the garden together and talking in the cool evening. And Father might even just put his arm around him and said, you know, you're my boy. I love you. I created you to be like me. And you're doing a great job on your first day at work. We're going to get this going, you and me. This is good stuff. Now, well, no, it was the woman that was the problem. 
<laughs> no, ladies, I wouldn't do that after yesterday. I wouldn't say that. Just kid, I saw the moment, you know, to fall into that bad joke. Adam is invited to do the calling. And, and maybe this could be enough. Mark 11 for today. I do want to do this again next week. And maybe it'll take months for me. I'm not sure I'll take you along for the whole journey that I'm on necessarily. Unless the Lord says do that. But this idea of, it's not more than an idea, this fact actually that we're created in His image. We're made like Him. And there was the fall. Sin enters the picture. Our authority is stripped from us and given to Satan. You know, now now we're separate from God. We're wearing coverings. Many have said, theologians, certainly those smarter than me, have said that the reason... They were naked and unashamed in the garden. It was because they were clothed in the glory of God. And when sin entered the picture, the glory departed. And then they went, oops, we're naked. And what did God do? He went and killed lambs and covered them in lamb skin. The initial picture of Jesus, the Lamb of God, who would be slain in order to cover our sin. Powerful stuff the Bible has. I mean, these are not just stories. These are, that book is alive. Hebrews 4.12 says that the Word of God is quick. In the King James, quick and active. Uh, another verse says it's alive and powerful. Another version says it's full of life and it has within itself effectual energy. Those are just some amplified on Hebrews 4.12. What does that mean? It means that this book is different than any other book in the world. For all of time. This book has the ability to bring life out of its pages into you. And if you'll begin to agree with what this book says. And agree with God and begin to speak what it says in agreement with him. Things are going to start changing for you. I'm not trying to promise you, you know, some sort of panacea Christian lifestyle. That's done a lot, you know. Um, it's, it's presented like just do these things, follow these steps, act good and be better, and then life will be perfect for you. I don't know. I've been living it a long time. It's not so perfect. We're still in a fallen nature. We're still in a fallen world. Still got carnality to deal with. Uh, you know, I'm into First John one nine. If you uh, sin, confess your sin, and He's faithful and just to forgive you your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Somebody was talking the other day about the God of a second chance. I said, I think I'm like on. 53,628 or something. I mean, he is way beyond the God of a second chance. Although he is that. Of course. But I am talking about living in a faith agreement where my faith, according to Mark chapter 11, verse 22, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Not faith in you, not faith in your own theology, not faith in the way you interpret everything, not faith in your smartness, or, for those that are living a little rougher, faith in your not-so-smartness, where you captured yourself and said things about yourself that you shouldn't say. I'm less than, I'm no good, I never have, I never will be. And you accept those lies from the enemy, so that's faith going the wrong direction. 
That's believing for the wrong thing. Say, wait a minute, that's not what the Bible says. I'm going to agree with the living word of God. I'm going to agree with what he says about me, even if I don't get it. I'm going to bring my words into alignment with what the word of God says, because the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, if the only way I can hear it is for me to say it so I can hear it, then I need to say it and hear it and say it and hear it. And when you get up in the morning and you look in the mirror, you ought to say, hey, there's the creation of God. Hey, there is, there's God's boy. Hey, there's God's girl. You are the model. You're the one he's been looking for all his life. He's got his eyes on me. Today's going to be a great day because in God, all things are possible. Not because I'm you know, all those things in myself, but because His Word says it about me. Husbands, you need to begin to speak these things over your wives and your family. You need to begin to find what the Word of God says about how it should be in your home and begin to live in alignment with that, with your speech. Get it into your heart first. Have faith in God, Jesus said. And if your faith is in God and your faith is in His Word, then you'll begin to speak what His Word says. You'll just live in agreement with God. You'd be like Adam in the garden saying, how'd I do? And have the father wrap his arm around you and say, you know, I, you know, apple, orange, those are great. But when you said tangerine, I thought that was really spectacular. You know, that was really a kind of a twist. And uh, avocado, that was good. I like that one too. You know? Now, it sounds funny, but it happened. It's truth. I don't know if it took a day. Can you imagine taking a day to name everything in the world that God created? No. Might have been a long time. But it was a good time. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Ooh. Now I'm being invited invited in to say. God said... It was so. God's saying to me and to you, I say to you, Jesus said this, whoever says to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, Believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now, I feel like this is one of those verses where we hand the keys to the teenage driver and say, here, go wreck the car. Be careful here. I'm going to read to you a note by a man named Roy Hicks, who was a part of the, the Foursquare Gospel gang with Jack Hayford and the boys. And man, he was just an, he was a great, this guy had a great, fantastic grasp on the truths of God. He's with Jesus now. But he's left behind some of his writings. Here's one of the things he says about this passage. From Jesus' own lips, we receive the most direct and practical instruction concerning our exercise of faith. Consider three points. Faith is to be, number one, in God. Faith that speaks is first faith that seeks. The Almighty is the source and grounds of our faith and our being. Faith only flows to Him because of the faithfulness that flows from Him. 
Number two, faith is not a trick performed with our lips, but a spoken expression that springs from the conviction of our hearts. The idea that faith's confession is a formula for getting things from God is unbiblical. But the fact that the faith in our hearts is to be spoken and thereby becomes active and effective towards specific results is taught here by the Lord Jesus. And three, Jesus' words, whatever things, apply this principle to every aspect of our lives. The only restrictions are, A, that our faith be in God, our living Father, and in alignment with His will and word, and B, that we believe, not doubting in our hearts. Thus, speaking to the mountain is not a vain or superstitious exercise or indulgence in humanistic mind science, but instead becomes an applied release of God's creative word of promise. And there's a guy with a grip. I'd like to read that two or three more times just myself. It's not a magic act. It's not a name it and claim it faith. It's not, well, I want that, so I'm just going to say that and I'm going to get that. You know, I've seen that work. I've heard people testify about how they just, you know, said they got something. And I think, well, that's cool, they got it. But two, it sure is shallow. Because a lot of that was about them saying and them doing and them being. I thought, well, I don't know. I think I've given things to my kids even though they didn't deserve it at times. And, and they thought it was because they were so wonderful. And I knew it was because I had a wallet. Right? And they didn't, get, they didn't get the connection, but they still got the stuff. And they probably took the stuff and ran off going, I'm so cool. Well, we have the same danger in our beginning exercises of faith. God, I like what Rosella Fox said to me years ago. She sat right over there on the front row and she said, Jeff, we've been reading that verse wrong for so long that it's messed up the church worldwide. It's not name it and claim it. It says whatsoever things you desire when you're praying. She said, Jeff, when you're down like this and you're praying and you're talking to God and you're in with Him and you're shut in with God and He begins to speak to you, that's when you begin to desire things. And whatsoever things you desire in that moment of intimacy and oneness with God and His Spirit, then those are the things He wants to have happen. Those are the things you begin to speak in agreement with Him. Those are the things you take before Him and say, God, I see it. You've revealed it. I'm beginning to declare it now. And I'm going to stand with you in this creative moment of speaking first, seeing it second, and then we'll worry about what to call it when it's done. Have I made sense this morning? Have I made it all the way around? You know, I know there's a lot of legwork and some stories in the middle, but I'm thinking... And I want to get beyond my mind. I want to be in faith on this. That God is wanting to invite his people to walk in tandem with him. So that when we're praying and he reveals it to our hearts. He said, that's what I'm after. Now you begin to declare it for me. Because you are in my place on the earth. You're standing as my ambassadors in the planet. You are the salt and you are the light. And you're the ones I'm going to work through. You're the church. You're the only hope I have. Christ in you is my hope of glory in the earth. It's got to happen through you. 
You can't just go making things up and start speaking them out into the space. Those words have power. You want to bring those words into alignment with God's kingdom purposes. And he's going to use you. Okay? Had enough? Everybody had enough? Say amen. Whoa, it's dangerous. Everybody wants more to say, bring it on. Bring it on. Oh, you're so kind. <laughs> the people on the on the internet could just hit click, you know, it's over. No, I'm, they could bring it on all they want. Click, he's done. I'll pick it up later. Listen, I, 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 I may have taken too long to get to where I want to be today, but next week, uh, I'm not trying to sell the future here. So I'm just excited about where I'm going. Okay, and I want you to go together. And, you know, we talk about out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Well, this is one of our challenges, isn't it? What's in there? What's in there? Oh, we don't have time to do it all next week either. Some of us have stuff in there that's been piling up for years that other people put in there that tells us we can't do what God says we should. So there might be some unpacking and some unstacking that we're going to have to go through. Until we finally see ourselves in the image that God made us. Until we see ourselves as his handiwork and his ambassador in the earth. So that we actually feel like when we walk out the door here or onto the job or at home. When we walk out the door without an arrogant, flippant attitude. We can walk into the world and say, you know, I am salt and light. I am going to help produce and present the person of Jesus and his presence wherever I go. Man, will that start changing society or what? Change it from the ground up. Not to attack it from the political realm down. We're never going to get anywhere that way. We need to inject the world with Christianity that is without failure. And we don't want to wreck the car. Amen? Father, I thank you that your truth is that. It's truth. Your word is truth. Your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. We have a general illumination that comes from your Bible, the scriptures. Lord, we also have that immediate flashlight that shows us the next step. A light to my path, but it's a lamp to my feet. Lord, turn the lamp on. Bring to us again and again the rhema word. And train us. Holy Spirit, train us how to respond. When you bring us your thoughts, when we're in prayer, when we're busy about your kingdom and those God thoughts drop into our spirit, teach us what to do and how to respond. Whether it's to intercede or to begin speaking right away. Help us to exercise our faith in you and to believe you for what you're doing and saying in the earth. And Lord, I pray for results. Pray for immediate results for some of us this week that will be so encouraging and fascinating that we can see you've been at it for a long time and you know just how to get us where we need to be. Ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Can I share just one more little story with you? You can walk out if you'd like. Um, And you can actually turn the recording off if you would. (laughs) 